and welcome to episode six of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven. I'm joined by my co-host, John. Hey. And our new co-host, Chris. Hey, yeah. And before we go on, I just want to let everyone know that Zach will unfortunately not be able to join us on a weekly basis anymore. Um, he'll be joining us every once in a while, but again, not on a weekly basis. And we do want to apologize for being absent for the past week or so. We've had a series of scheduling issues and uh, server host issues, and hopefully we're we're back on top of it all now. And um, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about uh, weekend PPTQs in the end of the season, uh, the first new standard event, and some other goodies uh, that happened earlier this week. Let's kick things off with our weekly roundup. Where we talk about what decks we piloted and played against in this past week. John, how about we start off with you? Well, unfortunately, I was gone this weekend. I took a nice trip to Bend, Oregon, and uh, did some hiking and hit up all the breweries there and had a grand old time. Uh, but uh, in my heart, I will always be playing Legacy Rug Delver pre Return to Ravnica when that deck stopped being viable. <laughs> uh, how about you, Chris? Well, I decided to take a week off of the old the old Swan list and play a spicy meatball. Well, sort of spicy. Uh, I played what I refer to as Oops All Garooks. <laughs> Unfortunately, I I wasn't able to locate two of my Garooks that I thought I had, but I apparently do not the the so it's oops some groups <laughs> oops, most, <laughs> it's like, oops most groups <laughs> so i had three different groups in my deck and the two i was gonna play two group primal hunters but i instead replaced those with two nissa um the the three mana one i i forget her exact name right now voice of zendikar voice voice of zendikar something anyway uh ended up going two and two with the deck um this was rather unfortunate one of my losses was, I believe, to me punting against Titan Shift. I decided that I um, I played the wrong six drop on turn three, which ended up losing me the game. Wow. <laughs> Modern, what a great format. Play a six drop turn three, choose the wrong one, still lose. <laughs> so uh, it's, just, it's just so punishing, you know. Uh, Oops, Groose is like, it's basically um, very much the same as my Mono Green Devotion deck that I've been playing around with occasionally. Um, just with now with more Garooks. So I put a turn three Rookthar into play against Titan Shift when it should have been a primeval Titan, because the Titan would have killed him faster. Something about Sakura Tribelder not dealing him six damage and blocking for a turn seemed pretty pretty good against good old good old Rookthar. <laughs> um but yeah, the the three Garooks I was playing was four copies of Waldspeaker because he's the best Garook. Not a close. Uh, he helps you ramp into the other Garooks. And sometimes he makes beasts. Um I played one Garouk Relentless, the good old flip one from Innistrad. I see. <laughs> oh man, getting but a little fight fight in action. I figured like if worse comes to worst, I can use uh, I can fight my own Strangle Root Geist. Not only will my Geist come back stronger, but then I'll get a flipped Garouk. Seems sweet. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, so get a through through the old back door. <laughs> um, spoiler alert. He wasn't very good. And uh, for the ultimate spice, I was playing a one of Garuk Apex Predator. Word. Uh, in <laughs> Japanese, of, of course. So everybody didn't know what it So did nobody would ever know what it does. <laughs> why, why do you have a Japanese Garuk Apex Predator? I don't know. 
I ordered one, and when it came, I opened the envelope, it was Japanese. I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Play it in a tournament, you're just like, hold on, I don't even know what this does. Let me look it up very quick. It's like yeah. those textless cryptic commands where it's like, it does whatever you can convince your opponent that it does. <laughs> yeah, it's I like mean, it has like, so much text on it. It's, it's one of the planeswalkers with four abilities. <laughs> Well, I, so I, I had one That's... on my deck because I was hoping that a bunch of people would be playing, like, Trouble Gideon decks. Wait, wait, before we move on, let's see if Steven and I together can even name all of Grook Apex abilities. Right, can, abilities. You, can you name any of them? <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. Dest- destroy target creature or planeswalker. Yeah, I know that one. That's it. <laughs> oh, okay, is, is it a plus or a minus, that one? It's a it's, plus, right? No, it's a minus. It's a minus two, right? <laughs> you guys don't even know. <laughs> Is it, two, is it two separate abilities? Yes. <laughs> it's like, is it is it plus to kill a planeswalker, or minus to kill a creature? So it's it's plus one, destroy a target planeswalker. Okay. Or I was, another I was getting target there. planeswalker, I believe. Getting Can't, there. You're not allowed to plus one to kill himself, I don't think. The, he has another plus one, which is uh, make a 3-3 three, three black beast with death touch. Oh man, upgrade. And uh, his minus three is destroy a target creature. Uh, you gain life equal to its toughness. Its ultimate is minus eight. So it comes into play with five loyalty, but you didn't know that either. Um, <laughs> minus eight. Uh, t- I think it's like target opponent gets an emblem that says whenever a creature attacks this player, it gets plus five, plus five, and trample until end of turn. Overrun emblem? This card's busted. We need to play more of this card. So it's, it's, it's great, because that way if you play multiplayer, you can put it on someone, and everyone who attacks them gets their creature's buff. Oh, so oh good. Oh my I'm god. Maximum it's, incentive. It's five green-black? Yes. yes. Okay. Totally playable. Jamming it in affinity. <laughs> Sounds about part of the course for you lately. <laughs> so unfortunately, I never actually drew the card. Which was really irritating because I played against a Gideon deck. <laughs> and if I had drawn my Garrick at any point in time, it would have been insane. <laughs> Is it pluses to kill a Planeswalker? Yeah, Holy crap. comes in 5 loyalty plus kill your Gideon Jura. Don't have to attack him anymore. I can kill the rest of your Gideons instead. Ah! Oh my god. <laughs> um, nom nom. Yeah, ended Holy up losing crap. to... It was Sam on Martyr Prog. The worst. Because, you didn't uh, draw? It was round like two or three or something. We w- well, we went to time, but <laughs> <laughs> guy is like the bane of my FNM videos. I lost game one because I had to keep a hand of Bird of Paradise, Crater of Behemoth, five lands or six or four lands because I had to, I mulled the six and I was like, well, I don't think we're getting there on five, and I proceeded to draw lands for every turn of the game. <laughs> this deck so sounds like a doozy. Bird plus hoof wasn't wasn't really good enough. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Game two, I couldn't find Apex Predator, and he just drew every martyr in his deck. So I'd like attack him for twenty, and then he would gain like twenty three, <laughs> and attack him again for like twenty five, and then he'd gain like twenty three again, or some garbage. Is the game never ended, and then he he won because he won the first game. <laughs> uh, according to plan, that sucks. <laughs> just oh, it's so frustrating. I love Sam, but man, his decks, they just uh oh. he feeds on suffering. Oh yeah, he, he eats that up. So, uh, what'd you play, Steven? Um, I played a lot of standard this weekend, mostly because there was like a, a local invitational thing, um, and it ended up being kind of silly. It was like the first time the store had ever done it, and so 
he didn't really know how to do one and he ended up offering like five buys to people with enough points <laughs> five buys it's a lot of yeah buys. and so somebody just basically somebody somebody showed up lost two rounds and then top aided <laughs> <laughs> like like that's like he showed up he lost he lost two rounds and he top aided um but i played a, a blue mid-range deck that plays uh <clears throat> wait wait let, uh, let me guess let me guess let me guess some of the cards in your deck uh the scarab god oh i i wish what no scarab god i didn't i don't have 40 bucks just to throw down on like one card i couldn't like I couldn't justify spending the money for a Scarab God. Um, but it played a, played one Gaunti in the main, played Gifted Aetherborn, Champion of Wits, Hostage Taker, and uh, Kite Sail Freebooter. Um, and then I played Supreme Will, Lookout's Dispersal, Trial of Ambition, Search for Iskanta, Fatal Push, Frasca's Contempt, Walk the Plank, Opt um, as my spells package. And I don't know it. It um, I can definitely say without a doubt in my mind that I would have won way more games if I had Scarab God. So you did not pass your trial of ambition, is what you're telling me. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I just got like curb stomped by other uh, <laughs> Scarab Gods. Scarab Gods, and anytime I would take a creature, Hostage Taker would just die pretty quickly, and. Just kind of, I'm realizing it's just kind of like a pretty fragile card to play with um, if you don't have it backed up. And my mana base is pretty messed up because none of the local shops had fetid pools. So I played two submerged boneyards and an irrigated farmland. Sounds ambitious. Uh, Yeah, it is. It was uh, multiple games where I was just like, oh, I could have this untapped drone catacomb on turn two, but that's not going to happen because I have a submerged boneyard in my hand and it's not a fetid pool. Great. Uh, so yeah, overall, uh, I lost a lot and got my my butt beat by some good old scarab gods. Yeah, cards really good. Fun. Yeah. It, also, there's the card says to uh, make you can pay four mana to eternalize something essentially. Yeah. I didn't realize that was any card in any graveyard. Oh yeah. <laughs> at one point, I like looked at my opponent's graveyard and I was like, "You have no creatures, right?" And he like hesitantly said yes he's like yep don't nope don't don't have any <laughs> no creatures here <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay good and then i like swung in for everything and i was like make a copy of your hostage taker make a copy of something else you have in your graveyard and i was like oh all right yeah i'll scoop this one oh swings i i did i didn't even i didn't even like let it go past that i was just i just looked at the board and i was like oh yeah Liz. Y'all go. Let's go to game two. <laughs> uh, so, did you guys see any other any like cool decks floating around your shop? I mean, Mike was playing his uh, self mill slash dredge deck again. So you like play a turn one heater and crab and like, oh great mill, and you go, oh turn two, I'm gonna play this land. I'm gonna mill myself. <laughs> yeah, people people get really confused. And then if you're a Luxac like Mike, your first two cards are Narcomoeba plus Prized Amalgam, and they go, oh. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, okay, it's Dredge. I got this. I can play against Dredge. <laughs> or what happens, he flips, like, two lands, and then he, like, fetches, mills himself two more lands, and then, like, 
um, glimpse the unthinkables himself. He's like, what? And then just flips what? like ten spells and does nothing. <laughs> okay. And yeah. Just like, uh, what? I, <laughs> how do I prepare for what's going on on the other side of the table? <laughs> Yeah, uh, he plays like Tassiger and stuff too, right? He plays like double spells. He plays a Tassiger. He should play uh, the flying one, uh, the five five. Tombstalker. 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 Stalks and yeah, tombs. Stalks and tombs. Oh, and he has the the transformational sideboard. Oh yeah, so, gets people uh, every time. Yeah, he takes out all Not of even his. Not um, Yeah, he just boards out all of his prize amalgams and Narcomubas and blood gas, and just boards in like seven thousand archive traps and a bunch of ensnaring bridges. <laughs> Okay. His opponents go like, I'm gonna get you with my relics and my rifts and pieces. He's like, okay. Turn one fetch, double archive trap you, and like, what? <laughs> oh my god. He was playing this at local PPTQs, and like, he was getting people like real good. Oh, I bet. Be like, oh, you know, blue white control. They're like, ah, I guess I gotta play this rest in peace. Gotta bring this rest in peace in, and they like play it, and he literally does not care about his graveyard at all after game one and they're like sitting over here like man i wish these stat caster mages did something <laughs> man like i lost the game to him because my answer to his ensnaring bridge was a primal command i was playing garrick's oops all garrick's and i had eternal witness in my hand so i'm like okay i just need him to mill my freaking primal command and then i just bounce his bridge or put his bridge on top of his deck and kill him you know attack for lethal well it doesn't really work when the primal command is the second card from the bottom of your library <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'll 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 do it. Oh, it's like man. I intentionally gave him back archive trap with his tasker activation. Like, please mill me thirteen more cards. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I just like never got there. That was pretty wow. tilted. That's pretty funny. That's amazing. Um, I also saw an interesting uh, list that uh, Zach sent me. I actually sent us. Uh, it's like a modern. It's the it's the uh, the rabble moon deck. He's not playing. He's not playing the rats though. He's uh, he's cut cut the um, the pack rats. Not not sure about that one. Um, pack rats is just such a great card. Oh god, he's playing <laughs> four main deck gifted aetherborn. I think that card's actually pretty solid. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, it's been seeing an uptick in play in sideboards. I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, Vampire Nightwalker is definitely uh, decent. Um, but this deck is playing three empty the pits, which I just empty the pits. Yeah, XX XX quad black with delve. Put X two two black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield tapped. It is an instant. It's a mythic from Cons of Tarkir. I just feel like quad black in your Blood Moon deck is mighty ambitious. There are six six swamps in this deck. <laughs> so essentially, what you have to do is like curve out perfectly and then you go like play your delve spell make a bunch of zombies and then like untap blood moon yeah i just i would just rather cast a pack rat i don't know <laughs> just seems better to me see like... pack rat seems pretty good when you can discard all these cards that you're never going to cast because of your blood moon or something yeah. like that that's true for your yeah. extra blood moons yeah your opponent's just like sitting there not doing anything you're like hey don't need this dread boar because I don't need any cards to beat you anymore. <laughs> Got up that clock, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's okay. It's placed decently well. I mean, Blood Moon decks just seem like they're pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it still has the black to interact with the combo decks in their hands. The only problems I have with these kinds of decks is they kind of have to play the four Blood Moons. Yeah, this guy's playing two. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like these types of blood moons, like, you just kind of, you're kind of all in on your moon plan. I, I feel like their backup plan is like, oh, I'm a fair mid-range deck. It's like not, it's just not that good. It's like not yeah, as, not as good as like empty the Abzan or, you know, like any other GBX deck. <laughs> This is XX, mind you. Like, how often do you think, like, with this deck, you're forced to not die to pay six mana to make a 2-2 zombie tapped? <laughs> Just one. Just one. One zombie. I mean, you're probably dying anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, let's move on to our topic of the week. Takes away. Uh, we actually have a few smaller topics this week. Um, first off, we are introducing Chris as our as our host. Welcome, Chris. Welcome to the to the team. Thank you, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I've been playing Magic since junior high school or so, but it was a it was a different time back then. That was right when uh, I think. Champions of Kamigawa was like the newest set that or Mirrodin. A dark time. <laughs> Which is why a uh, good old Sakura Tribe Elder uh, really really speaks to me on a on a deep level. But um, <laughs> yeah, d- didn't start playing kind of competitive modern until a few years ago, right about when right before um, the original Zen fetches went up to like a hundred dollars each. If you guys remember that. Yeah. yeah, it's about when I started playing too, Same. like 2014 RTR. Yeah, so I, I jumped right in, in right before that. I was like, eh, I have some money laying around. Might as well buy some Tarns. And then two weeks later, I was like, thank God I did. And uh, have you played any other formats besides Modern? I I play some little bit of Legacy here and there. Um, Elves is my Legacy deck of choice, although I also have uh, everyone's favorite turn one combo deck, Goblin Charbelcher. <clears throat> beautiful i mean <laughs> it's beautiful when he chooses to actually win the game um and I've, i very briefly dabbled in standard a few times um the first time i'd ever put a standard deck together was back when ponder and preordain were simultaneously legal yes which i believe was during the Callblade era was it not or very yes. very close to it yeah yeah but of course I wasn't playing Callblade because, you know, I didn't know anything about the game. Why play a good deck when you could instead play Blue-White Polymorph? Boom! Yes! Yes! yes. And, uh, you could play, like, a Flare Husk and then Polymorph it into an Emrakul. Yes, that's, that's how you do it. Strictly better than Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> Strictly better. I mean, that, that four-mana sorcery speed spell wins you the game, like, immediately, right? Yeah, Way basically. Duh. Everybody knows that. And uh, this, not this past weekend, but the weekend before that, you won a PPTQ, right? Uh, that is correct. Give us, give us some highlights, just some, some brief highlights. Well, I guess uh, some important information would be what I was playing. So I was playing um, a deck that had originally been, no, well, the list had been come up or put together by a friend of, of ours, um, playing a blue-red Swans deck. No. What swan, you may ask. Well, it's um, the best swan in modern, which would be Swans of Brynargle. Yeah, so I, uh, I play blue-red swans, and it's more or less a kind of blue-moon control deck, but you play um, a bunch of snow-covered basics and screds, so you can scred your swan of Brynargle and draw a billion cards. Uh, deck's pretty fun to play. 
Uh, a lot of people get surprised by the, a lot of the cards that you're playing. A lot of people will pick up and read the swan when you play it, and then when you squid it, they'll pick it up and read it again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just seemed like really well positioned in the the room because Blood Moon was insane all day long, and um, there was a bunch of like storm and affinity running around as well, which you know counterspells the deck is pretty good against storm. There's still a number of anger of the gods for our good robot friends. Yeah, deck definitely was lined up well. Um, you didn't really hit any Death Shadow until the elim- elimination rounds, right? Yeah. So the the biggest problem with the Swan deck is that Grixis Death Shadow is kind of a sketchy matchup. And if we were back in GP Las Vegas time, it'd be a pretty poor choice because um, Grixis Shadow or another Shadow variance was definitely the flavor of that tournament. Yeah, I think I played against four Shadow decks at that GP. It's pretty ridiculous. Then again, I also played against two Boggle decks at that GP, so I don't know. And this tournament has been uh, written in full, correct? And it is now on our website, and you posted about it on Reddit not too long ago? Um, Yeah, so last week I wrote up a tournament report, which is now online at mpgconflux.com. And I also posted uh, on two subreddits on modern magic and on our spikes and i tried as best i could to reply to everyone who commented on those those two two posts yeah well there's a few comments of how do you win yeah <laughs> it's really funny to see that the different sorts of comments in the two subreddits on modern magic the majority of the comments were just oh my god this deck's so cool and now i want to play it whereas our spikes well okay the initial first comments the first comment ever on our spikes was uh Quote, I love, I love you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Got removed by an admin, admin apparently. But um, our <laughs> yeah, our spikes. A lot of people were skeptical about like, why only one blood moon? Um, why is there anticipating your deck? I mean, it's fair, right? Like, yeah, I mean, ask some questions. But yeah, there's like a healthy amount of skepticism. There's a lot of like. <laughs> I think the most common was why one moon. I had someone on Modern Magic uh, suggest that I should play Lightning Axe instead of Scred. <laughs> and I didn't see that one. Okay. <laughs> I I wasn't sure how to respond. <laughs> you respond with, you obviously don't know what I'm doing. Lightning Axe, damn, that's like, spicy. But it always hits Swan for five. It's like, always. Yeah, but if you untap with Swan, Scred usually hits Swan for five too. Yeah, <laughs> turn five. <laughs> like, I, I understand that Killing a turn two tasker is pretty difficult <clears throat> for the swan deck, which a lightning axe would let you do. But if your lightning axe is stubborn it out, like, how do you ever win? <clears throat> GG. And there's also a lot of matchups where you just need to, like, you know, flame jab their turn one play. Getcha. And lightning axe feels a lot worse in that scenario. Yeah, running out running out an X1 into Scred against that deck is always just like... Like it's like you feel like you're the main character in like a, a horror movie. <laughs> just like creak open the door. So I will say one thing that's any screds here. What's really sweet about or neat about the deck is um, you have quite a bit of an advantage of playing it because nobody knows what the hell you're doing. This was uh, apparent multiple times throughout the PPTQ, which was talked about in in the the write up. But st- stuff where they think it doesn't matter. Like say, I mean, you play affinity, right, Stephen? So yeah. Say you're you're playing you're playing out your fir- your opening hand, and you go, you know, signal pest, and then Mox Opal into Springleaf Drum, and then in response to Springleaf Drum, your pest gets scredded for one, 
and all of a sudden you don't have the mana and you're just like what like yeah i mean i'm not an idiot so i wouldn't do that to begin with but i mean you have to suggest you have to be like at least like a bolt or something like potentially right but, yeah but, I, I always yeah you always just play around stuff like that if you're i think the real question I think the real question is, like, if you see a turn one snow-covered island, do you expect to get angered of the gods on turn three, game one? Now I do. <laughs> like, ever since ever since I played against that deck, it's like, oh, you're playing a snow-covered land. Okay, I'm just not going to put my cards on the table. That's fine. Shields up, run away. <laughs> <laughs> I like your opponent goes, you know, snow-covered island patch. Like, okay, uh, opal, and they go stubborn denial. And you're like, what? What? <laughs> oh, 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 man. Yeah. Well, congratulations with for the win, and um, hopefully you will be able to take down your local RPTQ uh, with Swans. Or, I mean, I'm hoping it's Swans, but you know, whatever you feel comfortable playing that weekend. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, moving on to our next topic, which John, I think you have a little more insight than I do, was the Pirates deck, right? Yeah, pirates were unfortunately a lie. Uh, it was all a big hoax. Um, the magic community as a whole got seriously trolled by Bob Wang and Julian Nab. There was never a real pirate deck. The whole thing got kind of out of control. Um, I'm pretty disappointed because some of the lists I was seeing I thought were pretty cool. I mean, nevertheless, like they they essentially like spawned a new stompy deck like whether it was a hoax or not originally like now there are actual deck lists that can actually perform decently yeah um i'm a little cooler than a lot of my excitement for the deck was kind of predicated on the fact that the people the deck was coming from um are like very good players right so i was like oh if they're on board it's got to be good right uh, I think that's like the trap a lot of people fall into, um, which is a whole other conversation about. Um, just re- don't believe the don't hive. believe the hive, and what I some people brought up. You know, what's the responsibility of people in their position? I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but definitely maybe don't buy into the hype so much. Um, I think Magic players are really bad about that in general. But um, I wanted the deck to be good. I I've always felt like Stompy is like a good archetype to have in the format, and um, the non-blue ones just felt so. Like, I don't know, I would never play one of these stompy decks because just not playing blue in Legacy just feels wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just feel naked. Like, Chris over here of Belcher is just going to destroy you if you're not yeah, playing you just blue. just get belched. You just get belched every time. Like, so it's like, I mean, ugh, I don't know. I just couldn't pull the trigger. And I was like, wow, blue stompy deck, this sounds great. This sounds like what the format needs. Like, you know, keeps people a little bit more honest. Um gotta you know think about your your what hand to keep and you know game one a little bit more now like how badly you're just gonna get slapped down by that turn one chalice if you don't have uh you know free counter magic either um you know force on the on the draw or um days or force on the play um so I don't know, I'm, I'm mostly disappointed i just feel a let down i'm hoping that some of these um these community lists end up at least being decent i did see a video clip of some guy that was playing one of the the community made pirate lists and he got placed against julian nab on elves in a in a league and he just like demolished him oh man <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome <laughs> yeah so that was that was you know cosmic justice right there um so i don't know hopefully like i was saying last week i you know or not last week but our last cast 
Um, I hope that the, the list that the community produces end up being better than what we've seen so far. And maybe we'll have a, a you know, a, a tier two contender come out of this. Now, uh, Eternal Weekend is not this weekend, but the next one, correct? I believe so, yeah. Do you think we'll see some uptick in Pirates at that tournament, or do you think people have realized like it is not a deck to play with, and it's not a deck we should be paying attention to? That's a hard one. Um, I'm not exactly sure like, like how to put this. I'm not exactly sure how many people going to Eternal Weekend would do it for the memes like i don't think it's like a good enough deck as it is now at least to like play just straight up unless you're like doing it for the lols right Mm -hmm. um and like eternal weekends like once a year and a lot of people really look forward to it for a long time and if you have the cards to play this deck you probably have the cards to play a better deck so i don't know and people have like their pet decks in legacy right like people really enjoy the decks that they play and I don't know. It seems like the number of people who would be willing to like play the joke pirate deck and give up the chance to like play Eternal Weekend with um, another deck seems low. I could be wrong on that, but I, I feel like we're probably not going to see see pirates come out of this unless we've been just like double bamboozled and they, they actually had a sweet <laughs> list all along. And oh man, that the collective like mind blowing of the community at that point. I just oh. I would eat that up with a spoon. That would be I, that would be like the best case scenario is like they were like, no, we'll just play this off as a joke so that way nobody actually picks up on our list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, I hope, but I don't think so. <laughs> would be really sweet though. Speaking of pirates, um, it happens to be one of the new decks that you can play, or I guess not new deck, but. One of the decks that you can play in Wizards' new magic product called Explorers of Ixalan. Where it's we're, a board game. It, yeah, it kind of like, from from a quick glance, it kind of looks like a big mixture of magic and Settlers of Catan, which if you've ever played are like, you lay out a bunch of little hexagon pieces and you lay a number on top of them and you roll a die. And the board, the board that they show in the video looks like Settlers of Catan. Then just like with four magic decks surrounded by it. Yeah, I think it's like how it's gonna play out is like I don't think it looks it looks like Settlers where they you know they have the hexes, but I think it plays out more like a plane chase where the tiles have the plane chase effects on them and as you explore you like flip them over and the effects happen. Yeah. I don't think it's as much like um like um a game like Settlers where you're trying to like, you know, build on it or anything like that. I think you're like you're like Instead of using Exploring dice maybe? and cards, you're using yeah the tiles to explore through, which is a little bit different. Hmm. Uh, anyways, it, it looks pretty interesting, and they say they're going to have no new cards for it, but just a bunch of reprints. And so far, we've gotten things like Dave Judgment and a few EDH cards that I don't remember off the top of my head. But the one sticking out to me specifically is uh, Time Warp and Threads of Disloyalty in their Merfolk deck, which seems like a, a pretty big reprint. Um Two pretty big cards to reprint in such a limited set, I suppose. Yeah, they're uh, pretty fringe at this point. Um, Threads used to be kind of a card that you saw in sideboards fairly often during the Twin Era. Um, I have one rotting away in a binder, and um, this doesn't see a lot of play anymore. Uh, Time Warp sees play in the Taking Turns deck, um, which most people were probably introduced to at uh, GP Vegas when it made... uh, what place was it? Was it 
ninth or something like that. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, the guy at the quad sleeve deck. He's actually a local to Sacramento. He plays... uh, plays in the area oh really and uh yeah the deck is yeah i've seen him at the pptq deck is really tall cool <laughs> <laughs> but it sees play in that deck uh and it sees play in uh stuff like edh obviously yeah um so yeah I, I don't i don't know how big the demand will be it'll probably help the price a little bit yeah i think time warp is still a little bit unreasonably priced i mean for how much play it sees i think it's just too much money so hopefully this might you know bring the cost down a little bit I guess yeah. If 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 you ever want to play decks like that, then it's cards like Time Warp just make it unreasonable to go out and get because it's the only deck that'll ever play it. Yeah, I wonder how good Time Warp is even going to be in this deck. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, Time Warp is not that amazing in most decks that aren't like taking advantage of it, right? So I wonder how many people are going to just like take Time Warp out, sell it, and like put a more reasonable card into the deck and just call it a day. Um. And at least that's the case yeah make then, what twenty dollars off of your off of your seventy dollar purchase yeah exactly and um if that's the case then i think the price will drop a decent amount um so that'll be good i think i think that's a uh, a, a good way for that to turn out right like if you know people just replace it with you know card x that they think is cool or whatever and then put the time warp back onto the market i mean maybe that's what wizard was going for i don't know it's always hard to ascribe too much calculation and plotting to them it seems like it's hard it's hard it's it's hard to like uh plan things out that far in advance sometimes it's just they have to be kind of heavy-handed with stuff so maybe we're giving them too much credit moving on to another casual format uh looks like commander 1v1 online has been updated with a new ban list i'm actually pretty happy about these bannings they've essentially banned all the tutors all the one-man tutors um and banned emrakul and brawl which if you haven't been paying attention to uh 1v1 edh online brawl polymorph into emrakul has been dominating maybe not dominating it hasn't been dominating for a while but when it when the format first started it was dominating the format in a very negative way essentially essentially you go turn to brawl and then you hopefully have a counter spell for the removal spell uh a free counter spell and then you go uh, turn three, untap, player land, uh, play polymorph, cheat an Emrakul into play, and pass the turn. And then they look at you, they look at your side of the board, and then they scoop. Uh, <laughs> which essentially is, is how the how most games end up going uh, with my luck. But um, I'm the one also playing Brawl, and I don't get to see that. I haven't turn three comboed anybody, so pretty upsetting anyways uh now you never will and now i never will it's basically i think good riddance i I think i think these bannings are are pretty um healthy for the format as a whole i know that i feel like uh when zach zach and i were talking about this um on chat the other weekend or was it earlier this week anyways zach and i were talking about um this format on chat and it he was he was saying that this is wizard's way of making a new french edh essentially and kind of making it official and then at some point this list will be the new uh this ban list will be the new french edh ban list and it won't be called french edh it'll call be called whatever they want to call it at that at that point probably just 1v1 commander um but i think that's right i i think now that i now i kind of see it is where that that wizard is kind of molding this 1v1 online commander 
format, it kind of morphing it into something well polished that they can present to uh, tabletop players and say, this is a new ban list that you can follow if you want to play with these rules. Um, I don't know. I, I like these mannings that are healthy, and I can't wait to see what decks will be, what decks will emerge from brawl being uh, being put into the closet. I'm guessing something like uh, Brea will be much more powerful and viable uh, now that there is another dedicated blue deck in the format. What else got banned aside from Brawl? Uh, Demonic Tutor, Aligned Tutor, Imperial Seal, Mystic, Mystical Tutor, Vampiric Tutor, and then Emrakul, of course. 13 mana Emrakul? Too good? Too good. No, it's uh, 15 mana, right? 15 mana. Yeah. I, I feel like Emrakul, like, it's such a dumb card, right? And in a format like Commander, I feel like it's just even dumber. <laughs> the dumber there's a lot of like these ramp decks that get to poop out an emerald or all these decks trying to abuse and you know put it into play early and i just feel like it just losing to emerald just isn't fun right yeah <laughs> it leads to a lot of unfun games and i guess to the same token all these tutors making stuff like emerald happen very consistent in commander is also not very particularly fun uh, the concept of Commander has always been kind of... Well, the whole format of Commander has been kind of strange to me because it always felt like you're playing this 100-card singleton deck, you know, that was very inconsistent, but that's what made games fun. They were never the same every time. Yet, everyone tried their hardest to make their decks as consistent as possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, what are we... It was this kind of weird disconnect between where i feel like the format originated and to where where it is now so i'm I'm all for these bands uh i i think but once upon a time emrakul was allowed to be your commander it's <laughs> awful <laughs> like don't even have to draw it in in a format where you get to play like soul ring and grim monolith and all this kind of garbage like yeah i, I don't think emrakul has any has any home here or should have any home here. Oh, but it's fine in modern and legacy. Yeah, man. Yeah. See, see what <laughs> happened fine. is, see, this is this is a normal play pattern for legacy. I, uh, we saw this video last week. So, you know, you 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 sneak in, yeah, you, know, you show and tell. You put in, you know, your uh, your Immercore or Gristlebrand, and your opponent puts in an Ashen Rider, kills it. You're like, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We can do this again. We got a backup. We just have to draw another show and tell. Rip off the top, another show and tell. Excellent, good, all according to plan. Play it, you know. Put another fatty down. Second Ashen Rider. <laughs> oh, great, fantastic! All according to plan. Fair and balanced. Yeah, these bands are good riddance. That's all I can say. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the impact a big change can have on a format, uh, we're looking at the changes to the Planeswalker uniqueness rule. It's been a couple weeks. People have had chance to uh, suss things out, cram a bunch of Garooks into a, a sixty-card deck. Um, what do you guys? What do you guys think that's uh, done done for modern and I guess legacy to a smaller extent? I think a lot of people were initially thinking that this was now uh, Gideon of the Trials' time to shine. Now you can play all these hundreds of Gideons in your deck <laughs> and have an emblem. And how do you possibly ever lose? I mean, Saffron all have played an Oops All Gideons deck in modern before the the new um, change to the rule was in effect. 
so it was definitely something that was on people's radar. <clears throat> but I'm I'm still kind of skeptical as to how strong it really is. I mean, I feel like um, an all Gideon deck is going to be the the matchups are going to be incredibly lopsided. Um, you're just gonna absolutely crush certain types of decks and then absolutely get browned by others. I'm not sure that Titan Shift is particularly concerned about the Gideons that you're playing. <laughs> Gideon Jura is an excellent card against Titan Shift. What are you talking about? Like, oh, I play Gideon, like, turn 3 Gideon, turn 4 Gideon, turn 5 Gideon. Ah, so good! But, I mean, he can just wait a few turns and scapeshift you for approximately a million. <laughs> I, hope the I think it's, dead. it's all fine. So is that Gideon, the other one too... I mean, there's only so many Gideons you can have in play. <laughs> Another thing is with the with blue becoming all of a sudden more popular and modern, probably because of the opt hype, maybe I don't know. But um, if Remand becomes a card in modern again, Remand seems real good against all these clunky, you know, four or five mana planeswalkers, doesn't it? Yeah, Remand seems uh, pretty good against those kinds of decks. Yeah, um, blue is definitely seeing a lot more play than it was. Um, our top eight on goldfish right now, I'm looking, there's one, two, three, four, five decks. I mean, I guess affinity doesn't really count. So half of the half of the top eight is uh, is a blue deck. You've got uh, Gift Storm, Grixis Dev Shadow, Blue White Control, and now this desk, uh, Just Guy Tempo deck, um, which is labeled here as Just Guy Control. I don't know how much I agree with that, but it's a burn deck spoilers so we have two burn decks in the top eight yeah yeah <laughs> you've got uh you've got pedal of the metal burn and then you've got uh you've got burn for people that are uh, a little bit more concerned with what your opponents might be up to uh i kind of think that blue white's kind of on its way out here though yeah it's been slipping it was uh it was pretty close to the top of the metagame for a little while right on the on the list as people, yeah, people it... kind of tried it out and I think on a couple like tier lists, it was um, really high tier one, at least for online metas. Um, maybe not as as much in paper, but I don't know. Like at least at the PPTQ level, I've really haven't been seeing very much blue white. I think it's been kind of hated out by all this um, Titan shift I've been seeing. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the best matchup. Um, there's not as many shadow players either, which they kind of were feeding on a little bit. Yeah, so. Blue White came in to prey on like the shadow players in sort of the Eldrazi Tron, right? But Titan Shift came in and Titan Shift's good against Grixis Death Shadow and Eldrazi Tron and Blue White Control. That's why it was like running rampant over the format for a while. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't until recently people started, you know, putting storm back together yeah, people and called out for a savior and blue red storm answered the call <laughs> <laughs> see zach would be offended he's not here anymore so i can rag on storm yeah basically it's okay i'm sure he'll hear this at some point well in the world of standard also worlds of standard <laughs> <laughs> so rolls was this past weekend and uh the tallest taking... player one <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was taken down by good old um, William Huey Jensen on Team or Energy. Wow, what is this new and interesting deck? I mean, to be fair, looking at uh, the decks played at Worlds, there were there was a an acute lack of new and interesting decks. That's not entirely true. Okay, the the blue black decks are 
newish. They haven't been seeing much play, but yeah, everything else. There wasn't there. Well, I found it very interesting that there wasn't a single white card registered. Yeah, Craig Wesco commented on that. He said there should be like uh, a rule in effect that like if at Worlds no one registers a white card, he automatically is entered into the event. <laughs> <laughs> like send up, send up the fucking the bat symbol shaped like a shaped like a plane's. Craig Wesco gets on like a private jet to fly across the country. I got you. <laughs> That's funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's cast, mostly... I'll cast some one man at two ones. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. The format was like the, uh, somebody what what somebody what I heard overheard somebody say the other day at the magic shop was that it was a very uh, a very inbred meta. You know, everybody everybody yeah, I mean, had a good always idea, is. everybody had a good idea of what everybody was playing. Like all those players know each other. They all have you know uh, one connection away from from being a friend. You know, and it's. You know, it's probably not easy to find out what people are going to be playing, but you can figure out like, okay, well, this person played this deck at this tournament, and you know, they're they're going to want to have a leg up, so like they're going to want to beat this deck, and so they're going to be playing this deck. Oh, Shoda Yasuoko playing Grixis, huh? What a surprise! <laughs> so, yeah, it, I don't think it's. I don't think it's necessarily uh, what the format's going to look like, but I do feel like a lot of people locally will be trying to mimic what happened at these tournaments, and they will pick their favorite um, of the four or five decks that were there and run with that. But I do think that there are other decks in the format that have a lot of potential to uh, beat not only the room that was there, but also just kind of uh, dominate if positioned well. Like what a what a stunning like snub of approach of the second sun. Right? Yeah. Like it's it's been a pretty big deck in our you know in the format since rotation, however short it's been, and not a single copy of approach. Yeah, opting, I was opting I was to play stunned. blue black blue black control instead. I was so stunned. I I really did believe there'd be at least one person playing uh blue white approach, but to to not even see an approach registered was just like it was kind of jarring for me because i really like like looking at the data it just pointed at that being one of the better control decks in the format so is the question at that point is is this is this the meta like just their their inbred meta or is the deck just bad i mean would blue white approach have even been bad here i mean we have people playing like like shoda playing four copies of essence scatter (laughs) in the main deck like yeah would it have even been Creatures a bad to, to register blue white um, um, approach in this in worlds? It's just like I don't know. It's just such a such a strong statement. I feel like yeah, yeah. Approach didn't make it into anyone seventy five at worlds, but we can definitely talk about what card we are going to be trying to fit in our seventy five this week in slot of the week, where we tell you that. This week, I'll be trying to jam uh, Goblin Rabble Master. He's a 2-2 creature for 2 and a red. Uh, other Goblin creatures you control attack each turn of Able. At the beginning of your combat, uh, you put a 1-1 red Goblin creature with haste onto the battlefield. And then whenever Goblin Rabble Master attacks, it gets plus 1, plus 0, my, uh, plus 1, plus 0 until the end of turn for each other attacking Goblin. Um, I'm going to be jamming it into Jund and trying to 
replace the typical four drop with Goblet Rebel Master and trying to make my deck a little more aggressive for my meta, which has been saying a lot of a, a big mixture of aggressive decks and control decks. What about you, John? Uh, my pick of the week is Disrupting Shawl. Uh, I'm going to be dipping my toe into the swan-filled waters of our local modern meta and playing some swans myself. Uh, Disrupting Shoal is a really interesting pick for the deck. Uh, it obviously lets you uh, answer spells when you don't have any mana up, which is something that legacy players can really appreciate and are quite familiar with. Um, being able to two-for-one yourself to protect a card that can potentially give you many more cards than that, like your swans, is, is very effective. Being able to tap out on turn four and jam a swan when you need to and have Disrupting Shoal to... Uh, protect it from something like a path to exile so that you can untap and scrut it on your turn five is very powerful and um something shoal is actually just a really good card against a lot of linear aggressive decks uh in the format um being able to spend your cards to claw back some tempo from these decks can be quite good uh disrupt you know pitching a disrupting soul and uh a, a remand to counter something like an arcbound ravager is really effective against a deck like affinity where you're not necessarily trying to gain raw card advantage over them so much as you're really just trying to uh, take back the tempo from them a deck kind of sets up shop early uh, plays a lot of must answer cards and kind of puts you to the test and having the ability to um, answer stuff more efficiently and um, leverage more of your cards for less of your mana can be really powerful uh, Chris, what's your card? So uh, the card I'm going to be possibly slotting into my deck this week is a card you may not have heard of in Modern Four. It's uh, Serum Visions. <laughs> <laughs> so I also will be playing the the Swan Menace this week. But <clears throat> when I played at the PPTQ, I had zero copies of Serum Visions in in my deck, and I'm still not exactly sure if that's correct or not so i think i'm going to try some some split between opts and seer visions because while opt is very good at um allowing you to keep mana up for all of your counter spells and removal uh sometimes the deck has issues with flooding out and stream visions is a little bit better in that respect because you can you know bottom the lands you don't need to draw or help you dig a little bit deeper to find that blood moon or that swan you need so i'm gonna, I'm gonna try and figure out the optimal split on the uh, cantrip package the optimal split <sighs> and that about wraps us up for today thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end if you're wondering where you can check out more of our content you can head over to mtgconflicts.com you can also find us on facebook twitter and youtube under the same name uh, mtg Conflicts, one word and if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read please feel free to email us at the at gmail.com Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you join us in the next one. Later. Bye.